17.1 says this. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. There was an elderly man, and uh, he, uh, he decided that he was going to uh, call his oldest son, and uh, he turned over and picked up the phone, and as he rang the number, the son answered the phone, and his dad said, son, I hate to ruin your day, but your mama and I, after 45 years of misery, we've had enough. We just cannot live together anymore, and we're going to get a divorce. And uh, we just wanted you to know that. And if you don't mind, let your sister know that. So she, he immediately called her in, in Phoenix, and she had immediately, she erupted into a glorified fit. She said, don't you worry about this. I'm going to take care of this. And when she hung up with her brother, she immediately called her dad. And, and boy, she began to give him exact, said, listen, you're not going to do anything. I just talked to my brother. You just hold your jets. We will be there tomorrow. And this was, of course, the day before Thanksgiving. And he, she began to say, Dad, I... You just, you just go into the chill mode. And when we get there, we'll work, out, we'll work this problem all out. And so he hung up the phone and he rolled over, turned to his wife and said, Honey, don't worry about it. The kids are coming for Thanksgiving and they're even pray, playing, paying for their own flights. You see, uh, I was thinking about the family deal about this and and uh, how many of y'all, <clears throat> if I can say this and just be without getting all emotional, how many of y'all remember what my mama looked like and met my mother? How many of you met my dad? Okay, most of you have met my dad. You know, that's a, uh, I used to hear people say all the time that they didn't like Thanksgiving. And they really didn't care for Christmas. But you know, this morning I got to thinking about this, and I'm, I'm not going to say I'm sorry. Because you have testified that a part of my life really exists. Because you know my mom, and you know my dad. When I think of Thanksgiving, it's special for me. It's special because I'm here with y'all. And I know y'all shared a part of my early life. I saw a picture that Cindy, I don't know why she had it around, but it was me when my hair was dark, my mustache was black, and I thought, good gosh, what happened to it? Now my hair's going white. I guess I have to try to keep up with Melvin. My mustache is, is going white, and I'm tired of... Of, of thinking that I want to color my hair. I just want to let it go. If it wants to turn loose, if you, if you end up with a ball preacher before it's all over with, so be it. I won't, I'll have good company among many in this church. But you know, Thanksgiving is supposed to be a transforming time. It's supposed to be a time where we, we, we still have our issues. You know, Thanksgiving is good or should be good for everybody. 
Even in light of, of us losing our loved ones, and we haven't lost them. They just had to go on to their eternal place where we one day will join everybody there. But, you know, Paul, he was thankful in light of all of his frustration and in light of all of the pain and in light of all the difficult times. Even in prison, we're told, when he wrote the book of Philippians, in a deep, dark, drabby dungeon, he said, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. You know, most of you know that if, a, if an atheist gets frustrated and they all of a sudden have a good day and want to be thankful, have you ever thought who they're going to turn around and thank? You know, at least you and I have the opportunity to thank God. We, we thank Jesus. We thank, we thank uh, the Holy Spirit for everything. And many of you have heard that shared today. Probably most of you would thank, thank yourself that you and you may have have gone through what a young woman wrote her mother from college. She said, Dear Mom, sorry I haven't written sooner. My arm is broken and my left leg's broke too. I broke them when I jumped from the second floor dorm, dorm because our dorm caught on fire. And, but Mom... We were so fortunate, there was a young service station man who was paying attention, and he called the blaze in immediately. And there in a minute, in just a minute, it seems like the paramedics and all of the firemen were there, and, and I, w- I was in the hospital for a few days. And, but you know what? The service man's name was Paul, and, and old Paul, he came, by to see, he came by to see me every day, and and. and Mama, I, you may not like this, but because it took so long to get the dormitories fixed up, I, I decided to move in with Paul, and, and he's been so nice to me. And Mama, I got to tell you something, too. I, I, I'm expecting with child. Paul and I plan to get married soon, though, just as soon as he gets his divorce. And I hope things are, are fine at home, Mama. I'm doing fine, and I'll write more when, when I get a chance. Love your daughter, Susie. Now, those are just one of the letters that we really don't want to get. But, but I like how she ended up when she said, P.S., Mom, none of those things are true above. But I did get a C in sociology, and I flunked chemistry. And I just wanted to re- you to receive the news in a proper perspective. You know, sometimes getting the news... Uh, about situations going on, and uh, I can I can remember when I stood when I was sixteen before church, and and it was on Sunday night, and I signed a card, you know, kind of like you were talking about. You didn't have a real real relationship with the Lord, and and I didn't tell my your mama probably already knew you kind of say some of those things, but my mama didn't have any clue what she was fixing to hear that night, church. And when I looked at her and I said, Mama, I'm sorry, but what some of the things you're fixing to hear is fixing to curl your hair, and you won't need the beauty shop next week. And I began to share all this stuff going on in my life, what I was involved in and what I was doing, and I'm not going to say it to many young kids in here. But I, literally, that night, I heard the Lord speak to me. And, and it, was the, it was so real, and He revealed to me that I, I wasn't saved. And that I thought I was going to heaven, but I really wasn't. And at 16, I finally gave my heart and life to Jesus. And, and, uh, and I, I'll never forget uh, how I 
I had to, after the service, I said, now I need to go tell my daddy. And I looked at the preacher. And I said, would you go home with me? Because if I tell him what I just told the church, and he needs to find out because they're going to call him and tell him that I need somebody there. I don't want him to whoop me or, or do something bad that, that after I embarrassed him, I'm sure. But, you know, most of us, we, we wrongly believe, I think, sometimes that true happiness must come is dependent on our circumstances. Now, if you and I are going to look at Thanksgiving as good for all of us every day, then we have to understand we cannot let our circumstances control us. Uh, I was explaining to Melvin a little bit what's going on in the city and how I keep getting these nice little uh, lovely letters. and, and, And finally, you know, I'll tell you something. They get to me. And... uh, when we built all these other buildings, I didn't have all this pressure on me. I didn't have to worry about raising money. I didn't have to worry about meeting timelines. I didn't have to worry about trailers. I didn't have to worry about nothing. It would just seem like it was, it was a real pleasure. And, and I think they're trying to make it not a pleasure to me. I, I could be like, uh, the, I, could, my, I could allow these circumstances to be like a mattress. I can sleep on top of them. Or it's a whole lot better to sleep on top of your mattress than it is under it. And, and sometimes I feel like I'm under some of these circumstances. So uh, just, just pray for me. I, I'm sort of like the, the young minister who, who, when he first had his first wedding, he was so nervous. And I've been nervous here lately. I, I, I know that some of these guys, they mean business. And, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful in any way. But, you know, I have a point too. And... And, uh, but this, this past, this young pastor, he didn't know what to do. And he said, so he went to an older minister and he asked that older minister, he said, sir, he said, I am so nervous about this, my first wedding. I really don't know what to do. What happens? What am I going to say? And he said, look, if anything goes sour, just remember the, the first scripture or the first verse in the Bible that comes to your mind. You just say it and everything will be all right. Well, the next day the wedding came about, and sure enough, that rookie preacher, he was so nervous, he couldn't even think of really his own name. And all of a sudden, he was standing at the altar with this two couple, and and he lost everything that he was going to say, and he couldn't remember anything. And all of a sudden, he said, you know what? That that older preacher said, just say whatever verse comes to mind. So he looked at that scripture, or looked at that couple, and he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You know, sometimes we have those things in our life where we say, Father, just forgive me. I, I, I'm, I'm at a point now that I just need some relief. And, and uh, like Paul, when he wrote in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 2, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. And I got news for you. Sometimes it's just not easy to, to, to give and rejoice when you're under circumstances that are trying to control you. And I have a feeling today that I'm no different, you're no different, you've got circumstances in your own life, and guess what? Those circumstances are trying to control you. Maybe here in the last month or two, you've had a major change in your life. You've had something go on that, that for maybe for years you had not go on. Maybe you just were able to get up and rock along, but now something is forcing you to be uncomfortable Something's forcing you to rethink or maybe it's forcing you to feel a little bit out of, out of your comfort zone and understand that I don't believe that God wants any of us to ever forget that 
We belong to him. Psalms 24 verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything that we have belongs to God. And that God has called us to a, to a, to a work as we've heard soundboarded. And, and if he's called us to it, then I believe he ultimately is going to take care of us. Paul said in Hebrews 12, 25, Let us praise God by serving him with a grateful heart. Now, it's easy to get ungrateful. It's, uh, it's easy to get to where we're not thankful and we don't want to praise Him anymore. If you get overwhelmed with your circumstances, if you get overwhelmed and, and all of a sudden you, you start focusing in just like Peter did. When he got out of the boat, he did well there for a little while, but then all of a sudden the Bible says Peter began to what? He began to sink. Why? Because he began to look at the wave of his circumstances. And look. Uh, many of us would never even got out of the boat, much less have a wave or two to look at or some circumstances. So I think it's important that we understand that Thanksgiving is good no matter what your circumstances are that's trying to control you, <clears throat> but don't let that happen. And then second of all, is that we should we, Thanksgiving is good for everybody when we do avoid complaining that will corrupt us. Look, it's easy to get caught up in complaining. I mean, you can't, you can't, I've been around a lot of Baptist preachers in the world, and it, it's either the pastor or the pastor's wife sometimes are the most bitter I've ever met in my life. And that, if you get them off into a, what I call a preacher's meeting, they'll sit around, and all they want to do is complain and criticize. Man, I tell you what, God's called us to a wonderful ministry. And uh, we can't let our complaining or our critical attitudes take that over. We've got to stay in perspective. First Peter 2.12 says, Live such a good life among the pagans that they may see your good deeds and glorify God on that day that he visits us. Look, Jesus should come out of us even when we're under pressure. Even when we're being squeezed in the mold of life, Jesus needs to come out of us. Like you heard Jesus come out of these in, in their testimonies. I believe for a husband when he comes home and his wife is the wife and she's cooking or she's cleaning, she ought to be appreciated for that. You're, you, wives, you need to be thankful that your husband's willing to work. Even if he doesn't have a job and looking for one, be thankful that he's looking for one. Be thankful that he is bringing home money that you can uh, pay the bills with and enjoy life. Be, be thankful that he is hardworking and that he has the health that he can provide for you. Paul said in many of his letters, I thank God for all of you. I thank God on every remembrance of you. Do you realize what would change a home? What would change a church? What would change an individual if we started just praising and having a thankful heart rather than being critical and complaining all the time? You know, there's a lot to think, there's a lot of things to complain about, but if you get caught up in that, that is a rut you, it's hard to get out of. And so realize that God wants us to, to be wise. One wise man said, I used to think that people who complain or they complain because they had a lot of problems till I realized that they have a lot of problems because they're complaining all the time. You see, when you and I complain, we invite Satan into our life. We invite him in to bring havoc into our lives. Psalm 77, 3 says, I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. 
Do you, all of you remember the children of Israel? You've heard me say that it only took a week or two to actually go from Egypt to the promised land. But how many years did it take for them to get there? Forty long years. What happened? I'll tell you what happened. God said, I am not letting one of you go into my promised land with murmuring and complaining. And not one of them did. Except two who had a positive outlook that what God said he would do, he did. And he did it through them. So understand that he wasn't going to allow, he punished murmuring and he punished complaining because it was actually, we were admitting that God wasn't in control of what was going, going on in your life and mine. Complaining destroys the victorious Christian life. So understand, when you complain, you're in effect saying that God is not giving you enough and you're not satisfied and you're not happy and you're not thankful. I personally believe today if you've got a house over your head, good place to sleep, if you've got food in the refrigerator, it doesn't have to even be a lot. $20 in your pocket or less, who cares? You're a blessed person. You're a, you're a, you know, and a lot of us want whole much, a whole lot more than that. We're pursuing more than that, but you're a blessed person if you have those kind of things going on in your life. The hymn writer said, when upon life's billows you are tempest or tossed, when you're discouraged thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. You see, Thanksgiving Day is more than turkey. Thanksgiving Day is even more than gratitude of good times. Thanksgiving today is, is more than food, it's more than family, it's even more than football, guys, and for you ladies who like to watch it. Thanksgiving was born in the atmosphere of adversity and difficult times. Thanksgiving is the confidence in the provision of God, even in the hardest of times. You see, some of you are facing some difficult times. You're facing some, maybe some news you didn't expect, or you're facing some, some inward turmoil. But understand this, that Thanksgiving wasn't born out of when everything was going good. It came when, as a result of things that were not so good. So, who do we thank? Thank God. Who do we keep focused? We think keep Him focused in our life. And keep Him at the forefront of all that we do. And I promise you, as uh, what's Miss Waddell's like first name? Heather. Heather. I, Heather's prayer is is a cool prayer. I mean, yeah, that's and I've prayed some of those prayers and watched God what, act that quick. But guess what? Sometimes prayers don't act that quick. Sometimes they don't come, Johnny. Does that mean they're not coming? Oh, they'll come. But you must be patient and let God, as you continue to pray and you watch him, you trust him, and I promise you, he will come through. Amen? So with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, stand with me. and, and follow.